Welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. I'm your host, Brandi Mabra. This is your one-stop shop to learn the business side of your practice on a deeper level. On this show, we empower you to own your CEO status to scale your practice for growth, sustainability, and profit. Listen in as we talk about how to market your practice to gain more visibility, hire, build, and engage your ride-or-die dream team, create streamlined operations, and make financial decisions as a CEO. It's time to show up as a confident leader to create a practice and life you love. Let's get started. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. It's Brandy here, and I am so excited for this episode. I feel like I've been saying that for every episode that I'm so excited for this episode, but I'm really excited for this episode. So we have Dr. Odile McKenzie joining us with CEO Conversations, and she is an amazing client inside a private practice CEO. And we are talking all about her transformation. So oftentimes when our clients come to us, they are overwhelmed, they are stressed, they are not happy in their practice because it's not going how they envisioned. And Odile is no different. So she has had an amazing transformation and has gotten her practice from being stressed out and overwhelmed to where she is now only working two to three hours a week. And so oftentimes when I show up and I say, oh, your practice can run without you. You know, if you have an engaged team, if you have your ride or die team, if you have efficient operations, if you are leveraging your leadership, all of those things, you know, identifying who your A players are, it does work. It, it, It does work. And so Odile is testimony to that. So I really appreciated her coming on the show. She gave so many great nuggets so many great nuggets so if you are in a place of feeling overwhelmed in your practice feeling like there is no way i can get this practice or this team to where i want them to be or feeling that you cannot have a practice to show up where you love and love and love everyone you work with and everything else and this is the episode for you so So let me formally introduce you to dr odile mckenzie Odile is the CEO and owner of Odile Psychotherapy Services. Odile Psychotherapy Service, PLLC, is an online therapy practice that provides cultural and trauma-responsive therapy to people of color in New York and New Jersey. Odile started her psychotherapy practice as an act of social justice in 2021. She believes that people of color experience trauma on a daily basis and should have access to safe and quality mental health services. Since starting her practice, Odile has added seven therapists of color to the practice and created three support groups. I will tell you that her provider number has changed since then, especially since working with us. The mission of the practice is to serve people of different ethnic and cultural groups through individual family, couple, life coaching, and group therapy. So again, you are in for a treat. Odile is amazing. Even inside of our group, you know, there was a saying like, I want to be like Odile. And the mindset shifts that she made inside the program, some of the strategies that she implemented, she'll dive into detail. So enjoy this episode as usual. Make sure you have your notebook ready. Make sure you are taking some notes. And if you would like to connect with Odile, then her information is going to be in the show notes. So enjoy. So I'm excited to share her story and for you all to meet her. So Odile, welcome to CEO Conversations, the private practice podcast. Thank you for having me. I definitely feel humbled and honored to be part of this. It means that I'm doing something right. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, you are. You're doing a lot of things right, a lot of things right. So I asked you to be here because I'm going to give people just kind of a, a snapshot of the transformation that you've had and the results that where you're at. So at this point in time, you are working two to three hours in your practice. You've been able to travel. You've been able to take some time away, you know, definitely enjoy the summer um, and also have a trip planned for Greece mm -hmm. upcoming. And so I know that there's a lot of folks who want to get into that situation and want to be able to leave their practice and feel like they can't. So can you just maybe describe what your journey has been, how you've been able to get to this place and maybe where you hit some bumps in the road, like all of those things that I'm privy to, but our audience isn't privy to. So if you want to start off by introducing yourself and then go into your story. Uh, my name is Odile McKenzie. I am a licensed clinical social worker and I started my practice about two and a half years ago, uh, Odile Psychotherapy Service. And what we focus on is like treating people of color. Um, we want to make sure that the space we provide reflects, um, I guess, um, the people that are in our clients like we want I want my therapist to look like my clients um, and I think that's part of like building a safe therapeutic relationship um, so I would say that um, being here it's something that where I'm at today like working like very minimal hours um, I didn't think it was possible I wanted to get hit there um but i it, it was challenging um like the i just didn't think that i could do it i didn't think it was realistic um but when i started the program um i think i started to shift my mindset and it kind of just organically happened like once you like shift um what you can do or the or you start opening up yourself to like possibilities then things fall into place like that um, so I remember before working with you, um, really feeling overwhelmed because I was doing so much and I was juggling so much. And the idea of like even ending my day at five felt like impossible. I was working on the weekends, catching up on notes and Instagram um, posts. I was just doing a lot. Um, and it felt like this is what I needed to do. This is what you do when you're an entrepreneur. You work all the time. Um, but I know there was like probably a part of me that was like, that's not sustainable and that's not what I want. Um, I just didn't feel like it was like success, if that makes sense. Right. Because I feel like I was doing a lot of things. Pro um, I was reacting to the problems in the practice as opposed to being proactive. Um, so I was, um, doing billing. I was doing responding to clients, emails. I was seeing, clients like four days a week i had staff that i was supervising um i was just doing everything uh, managing my social media uh, just catching up on my client notes i was just doing everything in the practice um and like i said it just felt like it wasn't sustainable and i wasn't really working on the business and i also didn't understand um i guess my metrics right um, how many clients are we seeing? Um, how, how productive are the therapists? Like, I'm not hitting any KPIs because I'm not setting any KPIs because I'm busy responding to emails and seeing clients all the time. Um, so I think it's, um, I think you helped me recognize that I did not have the ideal team. 
um, when we did when we did the deep dive um, that I needed more support. Um, it was scary because I'm like, can I really afford an admin? I don't know. <laughs> can I afford it? Um, and again, that fear just kicked in, but I just trusted that I will get there. Um, and I think we immediately started working on me getting a full-time admin. And that really changed my life. I think that was the beginning of it. Um, having someone to handle the day to day. Um, and not that I didn't have to be involved. Um, so, um, I think that, like I said, the admin was a, was a huge help. And also recognizing that the current team I had in place wasn't a good fit, um, uh, for the role because had an admin who was doing billing, but she wasn't, she was working like, I think five hours a week, but she really wasn't doing the billing. She was making mistakes. Um, I was losing money. I was too busy seeing clients and doing other things that I wasn't catching the mistakes. Um, and I, I just like trusted this person before really understanding how her, what she was doing, her work ethic. Yeah, yeah. I remember when we sat down for a deep dive and we talked about kind of like that admin structure that you had. And when we talked to like, go ahead and hire a full time admin and you were like, what? What do you mean? And we had to look at like what was happening in the practice already and how you were going to mm -hmm. potentially even save money by having a full time person because it was going to mm -hmm. free up your time to look at the practice from a higher level, you would have somebody who could take some things off of your plate. Um, and so I agree that that was a game changer for you. And then realizing, cause you, I remember you just feeling like you were hitting your head up against the hall, like the wall with your team and the freedom that you got when you recognize like, oh, they're just not a good fit. So let me bring in, let me bring in some folks yeah. that match like the business culture that I'm creating and actually want to help me with building the practice. So I just, I love, I love it because I remember just the look on your face when you came, you looked tired and just like, oh my gosh. And just like, <laughs> you, I don't know if I'm built for this. I don't know if I'm built for this, which I know a lot of people yeah, can yeah, too. So what were some of you talked about like the mindset shift, right, in order to get to a place for you to work the schedule that you're working now or to hire the full time admin or to establish KPIs, or really to step up as like a leader? What was that shift for you? Yeah, I think for me, I mean, my faith is a big part of it. But I think I had to come to terms with um, my relationship with power, if that makes sense. Like I was very uncomfortable with the fact that I do have power. I am the leader. I have, I could fire people. So I think I was, I think it happened somewhere in one of our coaching sessions. I had to like the light bulb, like I have to really step up and like take care of the practice, right? That's the baby. Um, and, you know, I could use power in a responsible way, right? I don't have to exploit people. I don't have, I could share the power. Um, but I felt like I was just trying to minimize myself. Like, look, I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm good. I, I, I'll give you what you need. Um, so, and that just wasn't working. Mm -hmm. um, I think once I was able to accept that, yes, I do have power and I could use it responsibly. It just, for me, just like shifted. Like even being able to have like challenging conversation or hard conversations, 
I was better able to do that because I'm like, I'm just, I'm not hurting you. I'm just telling you what we need. So we can kind of collaborate and work through it. Um, because I remember we, we uh, prepared for my staff meeting, right? Having these conversations with the staff about what is required of them. Um, and you, you always build it up in your head as if like, it's going to, like people are going to be mad at you and it's going to be terrible. And it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I remember you came to the call and you were like, it went well, like it was so, it was good. Like, you know, they're not mad at me and they're, you know, they're on board and, um, yeah. you know, and so I, I love what you said about how you can share the power. Right. And, and I think oftentimes when people hear, you know, own your CEO status or to show up as the CEO, they think of this person who's just coming in, making all these demands. And that's not that's not how you engage a team. And so what I love about your story is that you engage your team by bringing them in as partners and being very authentic, you know, vulnerable, transparent about where the practice was, you know, where you were moving towards and then allowed for them to, you know, help you. So what are some of the things mm -hmm. that like to date that maybe you've gotten off your plate? Um, you know, how did it feel to get those things off of your plate? And then were there any, you know, maybe um, warnings that you would give others who might be listening and wanting to get to where you are? Yeah, I think one of the like one of the things I was spending a lot of time reviewing notes and making sure that it's like meet medical necessity criteria and just just being frustrated. So it would take me forever to get through the notes and it would hold up my bill in because I'm like, this is not quality work, but I'm tired of having this conversation with you. I built a whole hub for you to get like support, right? Um, but then, like I said, like when we, I think in one of our coaching sessions or during the group coaching session, I was just like, I need to give them the tools, right? To be successful. So we did a training. Mm -hmm. And that has changed my life. Now I just, it takes me no time to review notes. They just needed the additional resource. Because for me, I learned by reading and on my own. Other people need like the physical, like the training or retraining. So that definitely helped save time because now I don't spend so much time on it. Also like doing the billing. I was collecting co-pays. You know, I was just doing so much and now I don't have to do that. Now I have an admin who does that every day, mm -hmm. right? We have a policy. Um, scheduling consultations, I don't have to do that anymore. Um, you know, the newsletter, my interns are, are doing it and they're doing a fantastic job. <laughs> so I've taken out, like, I don't have these admin duties anymore. I don't have to do a lot of these things that was tedious and time consuming. Um, you know, and also just like responding to clients' concerns and emails. Like I was on my computer all the time waiting for an email, <laughs> waiting for an email because I was just terrified that somebody would be, one of the clients would be unhappy. So now I could give over that responsibility and not worry. Um, and also like getting, I was able to get a accountant um, so that way I don't have to worry about the taxes and you know, the receipts and all of that, right? Um, if I want to hire someone, I, I had a meeting with my accountant last week. What does that look like? How much should I pay them? I don't have to think, okay? <laughs> there's, there's experts out there to really help me make good decisions. Um, 
as opposed to sitting down with a piece of paper and seeing this and looking at this. Um, so I think I've just recognized where my strengths are and lean into that and just like look for support outside of me. Like, I guess the admin like team great. Um, and I felt that took some time laying out expectations, um, helping her get a better understanding of the culture of the practice. So she's done a great job, right? Understanding the mission and the vision and making sure she embodies compassion right? and kindness. So that way when she's interacting with both staff and clients, that's what's coming through on the in the emails and the phone calls. And she's done fantastic. Um, and if you have a billing issue, I'm like, this is your t- we meet twice a week. I'm like, these these this is what I want you to prioritize for the week, right? Follow up with this person, follow up with this insurance company. Let me know next week on our next meeting. So I'm just delegating at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're delegating, but you're delegating with intention, which I love, and being proactive with the delegation. And I think sometimes what happens is people, um, I call it a boomerang effect, where they'll give it to somebody and then they don't do it, right? Or the expectations aren't there, the deadlines, or all the success, like the tools that they need to be successful aren't there. So naturally, you just take it back, thinking that that person can't do it. And so, of course, like what I love what you're saying is that there's training involved. You have to set the expectations. You have to, you know, actually still continue to meet with them. But when you're meeting with them, it's in more of a proactive way compared to a reactive way because something's wrong. So I I definitely love that. The financial piece, I have to laugh a bit because I know that when I when we talked about you getting a new accountant, or, you know, take into having a financial partner, you were like, no, no. And I, you know, and you, and you thought that, that you would be able to handle it on your own. So to hear like, oh, I have someone who can actually help me with that. So I know a lot of times people are nervous to delegate the money part of their practice, you know, and rightfully so, because it's, it's the money, it's the lifeline. Um, so what was your process to make sure that you got with someone that you trusted? Yeah. I mean, I think before I even get into it, I think for me, as we're even speaking now, I'm realizing how much my own personal money story affects the decision I was making, the decisions I was making in the practice, because I knew I needed a better accountant. I was just like, I don't know if I could afford it. It's the same thing with the admin. You know you need more help, but you're like, wait, can I afford it? And then you start, I'm like, wait, I could have done this this entire time. So it's like really, again, a mindset shift. Um, but I was able to get an accountant based on like a recommendation from someone in the coaching group and I met with him uh, he answered the questions for me I am guided by my intuition and my feeling if I have a good feeling about you and you provide me education and information I'm like yes I'm not, I trust God I trust this is going to work out <laughs> And so far, it's been great. Um, so, like, just getting recommendations from people is, like, really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the personal money story, I don't think people realize that enough and how much it can impact how you're showing up in your practice and the stories that you're telling yourself. And, you know, when it, especially when it comes to hiring or getting something that the practice needs or thinking or talking yourself out of a, a really cr- critical decision because of the money. So what are some things that you've been able to do for like your own money story to make some of the hires that you've been able to make? Because um, I know even to date, like you've brought on additional providers, you know, I know we're talking about like even a marketing person, like, so you are fully invested 
in making sure that your practice has what it needs. Even for, I'm thinking about even the new service line, you had to pay for some additional credentials, mm-hmm. like all of this. Yeah. So what are some things that you've done to get past your own money story? Um, I think it's just, I think my faith is very helpful. I'm like, the universe is going to give me what I need. God is working with me. I have to trust the process. Like really talking through myself, talking myself through the fear when it comes up. Because it still comes up. The intensity is still there. Um, But it's just like, okay, the fear is coming up. How do I strategize? What do I need? What information do I need? Um, Which is why the accountant is great because I will see the numbers and I'm like, I don't know if I could do this. I can calculate it, right? Do the math. And I don't trust that I could afford it, right? So now that I have someone who's saying, yes, you can afford it, I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry. (laughs) This person sees the numbers. Um, So I think like really being strategic and not just like giving into the fear or swinging the opposite way that, oh, the universe will provide and not do anything strategically to get you where Mm. you need to go. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's helpful. And also Robert, um, my CPA always says, you're not there yet. Right? You're not there yet. You get where you need to go. Mm-hmm. So, constantly reminding me that I don't have the millions I want in the bank account, but one day I'll get there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love what you said trust the process. And ultimately, when you trust the process, you're trusting yourself for the decision that you're going to make and knowing that, especially like once you look at the data. So oftentimes, even what I find with with all of our clients is there's a story that you're telling yourself, but what is the data showing you, right? And then Mm -hmm. the data matched with the emotion allows for you to bring the evidence that you need to say whether or not it's true. And then when you do have the right partners with you, then it allows for you to move faster or to make that decision with more comfort, with more ease. Because even the most like tenured, I've always like, even with me, like with all the business experience that I've had, I've always had a really strong CFO or someone to help me with those, with that number piece, especially when you start to have, you know, like a higher volume Mm -hmm. of revenue, you need somebody to give you that number, to give you that peace of mind, to say, yes, you can go ahead and move forward or to strategize as like a goal. So I know for you, especially with your practice, I have no doubt that you're going to get to seven figures, like no doubt whatsoever when it comes to that. But I, yeah, but I love just what the work that you've been able to do and, um, you know, in the practice for sure. So how have you, because I know that you've been taking some time off and have had to maybe step away and, you know, just with summer, how have you prepared your team for that? Um, I think it's just like giving them the tools, like giving them everything that they need. So it started, I have a hub with clinical resources, workflows. You can't tell me that you don't know how to do something. Um, so teaching them where the information is if I'm not around. Um, and also having people in place. So the interns, they have a task supervisor. So they can go to the task supervisor for information. We also have a group chat. If you have a concern, you can put it in there. I'm not the only one, okay, with the information. <laughs> um, so other people could respond. And again, just like given uh, the admin, like she has workflows, we have check-ins. Um, so she has everything she needs to be successful in her life, which was very important for me. Like everyone needs what they, I need to give them what they need. Um, so that way they could be less dependent on me. Mm-hmm. 
which is why I don't have to work so much. Like people don't really, I don't have some people calling me on the weekends for a crisis or after hours. I never have to worry about that. Um, because hopefully the, the hope is that I'm giving them everything that they need to be successful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, that's like a critical part of this whole journey for how your practice can run without you. I remember during one of our calls, you recognized like reinforcing the, here's where your tools are. So if they came in, I know we talked mm -hmm. through, like if they're coming to you with a question, where's the answer. And instead of always answering the question, refer them to where they can find the mm -hmm. answer. So that way they're not constantly bugging you and they know like, oh, okay, I have this question. Let me go to the hub because your hub is amazing, right? And so mm -hmm. like I know a lot of practices don't want to implement a hub or take the time to write out policy and procedures or to make sure that teams are set up for success. Or I know or to do like additional trainings and things because they feel either they don't have the time to do it um or they don't think that it maybe it's the priority but it's a it's a true game changer when you actually create it reinforce it and make sure that the folks know that it's there and then train them up if you need to so i love i love that i love that yeah yeah i mean i i, I could see why people think it's like tedious or it's not a priority but that's one of the first things i did right because you cannot get like you have to give people tools to be successful and that's part of like telling like you have to tell them what the expectations are right and you have to give them like the resources too like i said like be successful in their role like that's important you can't bring me all into the into your into your practice and not give me an understanding of like what is what is expected of yep Yep. And that's so true. That is so true. Like your team are not mind readers. They're not mind readers for sure. And then you said a point earlier when it comes to your team that they like how you learn versus how they learn. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes what we do, and I know I've done this where I'm putting how I move in the world or how I learn or the easiest way for me to absorb information, then I automatically think that that person should be in the same boat. And so you recognized that that wasn't the case. It sounds like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm an introvert and I'm like staff meeting. Who wants to do that? Like I could save myself the 30 minutes. Yup. Um, <laughs> But I re I realize that it's it's important. It's important. I can send emails. I can create workflows, but they need to hear the information from me. Yeah. So now we do like a monthly staff meeting. Awesome. It's not my favorite, but I do it because it's needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I feel you. I feel you. I introvert here too. So for those, because I know a lot with um, you know, the practice that you've been able to build and the work that you're doing in the world, where are you moving? Like, what's your next stage that you're moving towards when it comes to the practice? Yeah, yeah, very good question. Uh, it's something that I've been reflecting on because there's always gonna be fear, the fear is there. I think for me, I would like to expand and provide more support to um, women of color around motherhood. Um, so providing them with like some groups um, we have a doula in the practice, um, so trying to expand that service prudently, as uh, Robert would say, my um, CPA. <laughs> um, and I would like to bring on a psychiatrist or nurse practitioner um, sometime next year. Awesome. Um, so just expanding like wellness services um, to as many people in the community. 
I love it. I love it. Yeah, and no, I was excited when you decided to do the doula service too. So amazing, amazing, amazing. Great job, Odile. Great job. Thank you. Thank you. I couldn't have done it without you. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So for those folks who are wondering about private practice CEO, would you mind going in and talking a little bit about your experience inside the program? Yeah, um, definitely. I would highly, highly, highly recommend it. Um, like I said, it changed my life. It changed my mindset um, and obviously gave me the freedom to really just live my life and not just work. Right. Um, so I would say that you're obviously compassionate, you're kind, you have, you know your stuff, um, and you also tell it like it is. So <laughs> lovingly, <laughs> yeah, I am lovingly. Um, so you you gently challenge uh, me um, when I first went the deep dive was very overwhelming just because I'm like I'm an anxious person and I'm like I have to do all these things. Um, and then you're like, okay, maybe I don't. I could like space it out, right? So the quarterly meetings, that was it quarterly, like monthly meetings, we would do like where we would plan yeah, out. Yeah, quarterly planning meetings, yeah. Yeah, that was helpful. Because um, I think I, I was doing it, but I think what I learned, what was the most valuable thing? One of the most valuable things I learned from you is how to pace myself. I just wanted to do everything in one quarter. <laughs> <laughs> And just, you know, stay up late, work the weekends. That's just my personality. And I'm like, now I'm like, I don't have to do that. I can take my time. It doesn't mean that I'm going to fail. So that is really, really helpful. Because the summertime, like I said, I said I wanted to slow down. But there's a lot of feelings that come up. Because I'm like, I need to be doing something. But you manage it and I tell myself this is what I wanted. This is good for me. Right? Yeah. I could pick up again in a few in a few months or next month, next quarter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 No, I just I just love all of this. I love all this. No, thank you so much for sharing and the story and just talking through some of the things that you've been able to overcome, how you've been able to overcome them. And just really the mindset piece of it is what I'm taking away from this conversation when it comes to leadership, when it comes to the money piece, when it comes to like even the practice that you're building and the life that you want to live, that it's completely possible, but you have to own that CEO status to do it. So thank you, Odile. Is there any lasting words that you would like to leave on the folks that are listening? Uh, that you can't do it alone. You may want to do it alone. You may think that you have all the answers. You may feel like you're the most competent, but you cannot do this alone. You have to seek out the right supports, right? The right team um, or have a practice in place, a spiritual or a wellness practice in place for yourself. You cannot do this by yourself mm -hmm. or even like colleagues or networking. You cannot do this with Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So true. So true. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank You're welcome. Odile, where can people find you? On Instagram. I have two Instagram accounts, Odile McKenzie underscore LCSW. And the practices IG pages, all therapy and coaching. Amazing. Amazing. Now Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and allows you to show up as an empowered private practice CEO. Speaking of private practice CEO, if you didn't hear, my signature CEO school for private practice owners is now open for enrollment for our next cohort.
Private practice CEOs designed for six-figure practice owners who want to learn the business side of their practice on a deeper level. If you have aspirations of scaling your practice to seven figures, this program is for you. Go to SavvyClover.com slash private practice CEO or see the show notes to learn more and apply. Inside the program, we teach you, mentor you, and empower you to lead your practice with confidence, make more money, create efficient operations, hire, grow, and lead your ride or die dream team, and market your practice in a bigger way. This program is loaded. You get on-demand and live business and leadership training, one-on-one and group CEO strategy calls, time-saving tools and resources, job descriptions, policy procedures, marketing scripts, plus our luxury CEO retreat called Own Your CEO Status, not to mention our fabulous intimate community of private practice owners. Right now, if you apply before August 30th, you get access to a bonus VIP day with me and preferred pricing. Get ready to dive into your practice to strategize and make massive movement. If this sounds like a good fit for you, go ahead and apply today.